In this episode of Team Superdad, I speak to Dan Latto, number one podcaster, property investor, entrepreneur, digital marketing expert, and all-round good guy. He shares his experiences of being a dad, finding love, and creating a successful life in Spain. Enjoy. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Superdad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Hey, welcome again. It's Johnny Jensen here with the Team Super Dad podcast. Great to have you here with me wherever you are in the world. Good morning, good afternoon. Let's crack on. And this week, it is an awesome interview. Daniel Latto is a podcaster, an entrepreneur, a property investor. He has his own digital marketing agency business. He's now got a new venture starting where he is uh, buying into people's companies and helping them create more value and success in the, for themselves and their and their team which he'll explain more about, certainly better than I am. <laughs> uh, it's been an awesome week for me. I have my kids at the weekend. We've been out uh, to Brighton to see my dad and my cousins over from Chicago. Swimming badges for the kids as well, a mile and 800 metres. So milestones and successes all round. I hope you've been having a great week. If you've got your kids, then make sure that, you know, you enjoy them. It's not always about doing amazing things. They, they just love routine and, and fun and, and, uh, and to feel loved. And if you haven't got them well, I hope you've been working on your goals and getting yourself fit and healthy, hanging out with friends, maybe falling, well, perhaps not falling back in love, maybe at least dating and finding someone to hang out with. If you are new to the Team Super Dad podcast, then welcome. Welcome. Uh, this is um, the program and community for dads rebuilding after divorce, separation or loss. I mean, all dads are welcome, but particularly if you're going through those challenges, if you've been through those challenges, that's really where the vision for Team Super Dad comes from. It's about the rebuild. It's about creating your best life ever. And today's interview really does reinforce that message. If you've tuned in before and you are now enjoying the Team Super Dad podcast, well, be please be sure to make us a little review or leave us a like somewhere. Comment, share, like, review. As soon as I get some iTunes reviews or um, or what do we call it? Spotify or or... What do I, I listen on Breaker actually. My, my favorite podcast app on my iPhone is Breaker. Excellent podcast app if you've not tried it out before. But yeah, the reviews and the likes and the shares are the lifeblood of this podcast. So please pass it around amongst your friends and family, other dads that you know, and let's look to make it as successful as we possibly can. I'm growing the community. The Facebook page is getting ever bigger. And uh, the more that people contribute to that, the less it requires me to be the one always starting the conversation. So please don't be shy. Come on over and comment there. And if you've got questions for the podcast or you've got ideas for people that should be on, if you want things that we want to cover, then please feel free to post those in. You can find me on Team Superdad HQ on Twitter and Instagram and just search up Team Superdad on, on Facebook. You'll find the group and the page. 
Daniel Latto is an inspiration. I'm really pleased to have met him. He gave me a lot of insight from this interview. The first half is very much about his challenges through child court and uh, and his experiences of of uh, his time with his children and the impact of that on the other side. And in the second half, we get into the um, entrepreneurial stuff, how he started his own business, how he's moved to Spain, works just 15 to 20 hours a week, and how he's really created a life of abundance and success for himself. I hope there's as much in it for you as there was for me recording it. I will see you on the other side. Enjoy. Awesome. Dan, welcome to the Team Superdad podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be asked and to be on and hopefully I can help people going through some of the stuff that we've been through and we've come out the other end and hopefully we can, you know, we can help be the the voice or the light, if you like, at the end of the tunnel for some people still going through that. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that is the inspiration for, for all dads, really. There's, there's a lot of lessons to be learned by the shared experience. But more than anything, because I'm so aware of this in, in a lot of the single parent groups I'm in and different dad forums, so much of the conversation is is misery. <laughs> like, I'm lonely. I'm broken. He's an arse. She's a bitch. Like it's never going to get better. And and I think we we can all relate to to that. But but out of Team Superdad, the the, the mission I'm on is to have people realise that our best life ever is tomorrow and is the oh. day after. It's it's what we say it is and how we create it. And, sure. and 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 my experience was really asking that question, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix this? And that's where, that's where Team Superdad came from. It's the idea that we have these superpowers, which actually is just getting through life. But it's when we realize what those powers are, we can actually really use them. And and, and I do like my comic books. So there's quite a lot of, of, uh, of real world, um, analogy in that. And the team part is about the fact that when you're on a team and you've got people to support you, to learn from, then, then it's a much more positive journey. Absolutely. Um, so, Dan, tell, tell us, uh, introduce yourself, you know, let us know where, where you're from and, you know, what's, what's your family structure okay. like and then we'll dig, dig into your story. Okay, so I'm from Leeds, uh, 47. I had an easy paper round. I, I look young, I get that. <laughs> uh, but it was an easy paper round, that's why. Um, but in the last six years, I moved to Spain, uh, which is amazing, by the way, and you're contemplating moving to Spain and you can't because you've got kids. I flew back every two weeks for four years to see my kids. So it's definitely doable. And the benefit of doing that is, you know, I mean, I've, I'm in Southampton tonight and it's raining. Last night it was sunny. We had a barbecue at the weekend. I mean, it was amazing, you know. Um, so I, I've been in property for about 20 years. I run a digital marketing agency as well. Um, and I'm here in Southampton to buy a business. We'll go into a little bit uh, more about it later on. Um, but when I found myself single, I was 37. I had two kids. They were uh, four and 18 months at the time. And I was 37. And I was I was a broken man, you know, like like we all have been going through that. And then you've got family court stuff. And then we, we had to deal with some child abduction for mum. So we had that to deal with, and then we've had, in the last 10 years, we've had 36 court appearances, 34 of which are mum trying to stop dad, uh, two of which because the kids went missing. Um, so it's, that stuff's been pretty horrific. And all that time, you've got to still operate. You know, you're not allowed to get angry. You're not allowed to get mad in court because it, it's perceived as being aggressive in some way. And yet, yeah. in my 
when my partner gets upset and she bangs on the table and she calls the judge a joke, that's totally fine. But if I get upset, it's aggressive and, you know, all this stuff that men specifically have to deal with when we're going through separation. So I had a a couple of things to help me. Okay. Number one was a mate called Dave. We've all got a mate called Dave. Uh, Rumour is that you're only ever nine feet away from a Dave. Uh, (laughs) There's probably a Dave upstairs. A Dave upstairs, yeah. (laughs) And a Dave next door. So you only have nine feet from a Dave. So Dave helped me understand. He said to me, he said, look, in 10 years' time, and here we are 10 years' time, in 10 years' time, as you look back at now, you want to decide, number one, how you've behaved how you've reacted, okay? Number two, who do you want to be? What is the man that you want to be? And number three, where do you want to be? And so, you know, it kind of goes and it goes out because you're so upset and you're so angry about the situation and the uneven playing field. You know, you're trying to yeah. play up hill, aren't you, with, with this, I found. Uh, and everyone's against you, the social workers and the judge and the police and the school, everything. And so it's very difficult. So that was one thing. Um, I had a good friend called Dave, and we've all got good friends. Number two was, I was 37, I've got two kids, and I'm a broken man. And I'm thinking, who's, you know, I need to get into a relationship, or not a relationship, but I needed to get out there. I needed to date again. I wanted to feel attractive to the opposite sex once again. And my self-esteem had gone, my self-confidence, my ego had disappeared. You're to blame for everything. These are the stories that we tell ourselves, right? So I thought, okay, and then my ex started seeing somebody and that hurt too. Even though it was me that walked away, I was like, Dan, you can't just stop moping around. You've got to do something. So I started going on dates. Um, so a couple of months later, I was going on dates and then I got serious about dating. Um, so because when I met somebody, I wanted to be not fixed because that takes time. But I wanted to be whole again. I didn't want to be this broken jigsaw that they're going to fix, if that makes sense. I wanted yeah. to be fixed so that the person that I met, who is also fixed, and then together we're more powerful than our parts. So I went on lots of dates, uh, basically two a day for 10 days, 12 days, whatever it was, <laughs> and, uh, which is really funny. And I had a system, you know, I'm a systems guy, <laughs> but I wanted to test, you know, like I'm in a T-shirt. Don't wear T-shirts. Get yourself uh, a black shirt or a white, you know, button-down shirt, uh, blue or black jeans with trousers with, like, a suit jacket uh, and a a nice belt. And that was the uniform that you're supposed to turn up in. And I was testing chat-up lines and I was testing jokes and testing, you know, what you can say and what you can't say. I've not been dating for 10 years. I didn't know anything. Um, And so I went off on all these dates just to get some practice in. Which Where were you living? Where is this? Up in Leeds? Up in Leeds. So the yeah. funny thing is, I'd, I'd always take the date to like a slug and lettuce in Leeds. And so I'd be walking in and the guy's behind the bar were like, is he some kind of gigolo? <laughs> so that's what happened. And then I went on this date and I met this beautiful blonde woman. Beautiful. I'd already decided the sort of person that I wanted. I wanted tall, blonde, ambitious, six-pack abs. And I went on this day and I met her. And I, I, I walked her back to her car and I walked back to my car and got in my car and I went, oh my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry this girl. Yeah. First day, that's what I said. And that's who I live with. Wow. 
God, you just, I'm trying to write notes so I can come back to some of all this awesome stuff you're talking about. And um, so, oh my gosh, I, w- I want to go back a bit, but first of all, I want to just, yeah. I want to hit this, hit this dating subject thing. Cause Please. Is so, it fun? Oh no, I've not, I, I've not, I mean, I've not been on a date since I split up with my ex as four years ago. Why? Um, um, I, 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 the truth is I'm just a bit scared of it, to be honest. Yeah, that's okay. And, and so was I. Yeah. Petrified, shakingly petrified. And you meet a girl and you go, wow, you're nice. And she goes, thanks, so are you. And you're, me? Yeah. Me? You must be mistaken, you know, because that's, because it's been not beaten out of us, but it's, it's crept out of us. Our self-confidence has crept out of us. Yeah. And it's, it, when I went on those dates, it wasn't about meeting the girl I'm going to marry. It absolutely wasn't about that. That's just a consequence of me going on dates. I went on dates to understand that I'm an attractive individual once more. And I still am today. And, you know, we've been married uh, six years. Got to get that right. And you kind of forget that you're still attractive because yes. you just, it's just normal, you know. But when you first break up, you feel so unattractive to everybody who would want to be with me. And we are all attractive to someone or many people. And you don't find that out unless you you got to be in it to win it. You've got to buy the ticket to win the lottery. Yeah. You know? And you're meeting, well, this is pre, pre-dating apps, I guess. This is... Pre-date, oh, we met on Match, so it was Match. Right, oh, okay, was. just early days of dating apps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not Tinder. Definitely not play. I'm f- trying to think of all the rubbish ones. Yeah. If you're on Tinder, if you're on Play Your Faith, you're not serious about dating. Yeah. Pay for the app. And the quality of the people, they're not just out for one thing. And if you're after one thing, that's awesome too, by the way. But if you're after a long-term relationship or you want to just recover some confidence and it's not just some kind of, I was going to call it cheap, but I don't think it is cheap. You don't want a one-night experience. You want something more lasting, then you would, you will pay for it. And, and when people go, I'm not paying money, I'm like, well, how serious are you about finding somebody to spend the rest of your life with? Because it's not that serious. Yeah, I know. And also what I'm taking from this is I've, I've spoken to a variety of, of, of dads with you know significant degrees of success and one of the things that is consistent across them all is that no matter what they're talking about they went at it with a plan and a strategy and momentum and consistency and and you know it's that whole kind of how do you get fit or how do you how do you how do you improve your health well you eat right and you exercise and then it's like oh, i don't want to do that <laughs> is, is there is, is there a tablet is there is there an easier way <laughs> and 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 the reality is that actually the practices of, of success whatever it is you're street striving for um yeah. they're 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 there that someone's walked that path already it's for the rest of us to actually actually emulate it now interestingly if i hadn't have gone on all those dates before i met louise is my wife before i met louise when i did meet louise would i have messed it up in some way they're yeah. like the practice sessions until you meet the right person yeah and everybody wants shortcuts finance health wealth relationships kids everybody wants shortcuts there are no shortcuts. Very few people have them. Zuckerberg, probably. But, like, he's a one in a trillion. Do you know what I mean? Well, one in seven billion, I suppose. But, no, True. No but he also had to be at Harvard. Like, yeah, absolutely. There's a degree to which he'd invested, his mum and dad had invested, surely, but he still has to pass the test. And that meant from some kind of 10 years old, he was studying above average levels. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and that overnight success doesn't exist. Yeah, have you listened to the Elon Musk interview with Joe Rogan? Do you ever heard of it? Joe Rogan? Uh, yeah. I've listened to it and I watched some of the good bits on. Yeah, it's uh, brilliant. YouTube as well, he's like, he goes, "Well, to be honest." I just invent. Oh, hey, I I just come up with ideas. The difference with me is I make them happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, bloke. And so um, I've got a mate who's who's is out of a relationship, and he's he's kind of he went out and dating, and there he's kind of fallen into some level of serious of, of, of relationship. Did were you quite? clear in your mind that okay well this is i'm I'm meeting people i'm enjoying going out i'm not going to commit to anything here it was it, were you upfront with them about it or it was just more like a mission in your mind about it no i'd not really expressed that to anybody else i was just long for the ride to see what happened through dating and the consequence was that i just happened to meet the right person yeah so that was kind of like um just the result of it but like I say, if I'd not have gone through that, I wouldn't have had that result. So you have to go through it at some point. Yeah. And, and I, you know, one of the funny things for me was going on dates and then listening to the horrific dates these women had been on, you know, men turning up in tracksuits, a post office worker inviting them around to do their, their post office run with yeah. them, some horrific stuff. And you're just like, what? what? <laughs> thinking that that's, you know, a thing to do. So it was, I knew that if I met the right person, I was serious about settling down again uh, because that's what I wanted. But I had already designed in my, on paper first, well, in the head first, I met on paper, I designed the type of person that I wanted because the previous relationship, I kind of fell into it. And so I wouldn't have chosen it, but I fell into it, if you like. And then you kind of find yourself trapped and then you're thinking about breaking up. Yeah. And then a grandma died and then you can't break up, you know, then you wait yeah, for me she got ill we had babies we could, exactly, exactly. And, and you know what i've realized is i in taking responsibility because that's something I'm, I'm big on is about taking responsibility for things and in in the midst of the of the fire it felt i, I found myself blaming quite a bit and i and i know now that was my where i was at in my mental health and the sheer distress of it all but i yeah. was blaming quite a lot in that drama um the circumstances and, and and the illness and stuff in coming out of it and taking full responsibility what i've been able to see was my now ex-wife was almost identical in sort of personality and life issues as the previous long-term relationship that i had had and hadn't gone very well so bugger me it's no point getting annoyed at your ex-wife if you picked someone who was identical to a previous long-term relationship that had not only not worked out, but had left you utterly depressed. Like that's the level of responsibility that, that, that uh, we all have to take if relationships are broken down is, and I, I said it in a group the other day, I said, um, I asked her out, I had sex with her. I proposed to her, like <laughs> how much responsibility do I want to pass oh, on to yeah. someone else for this wedding and, and, yeah. and, and the marriage? But you know, did I actually start it? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. uh, interesting question, actually, because um, I was re- I found this this guy on on YouTube. He's got a, a, a channel called Entrepreneurs in Cars. He's okay, good guy. Just check him out. Um, he was saying he was he was he was chastising someone about the speed at which he had introduced his girlfriend to the, the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not asking you to share, share 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 the ins and outs of your family, but you know, how long did you did before you introduced your what has now become your wife to to yeah. your kids? So it's a good question. So I'm sat in a car, 
And I'm saying to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to marry this girl. We go on a second date, electric, just electric second date. And then third date never happened. She went back to a boyfriend. So her boyfriend had cheated on her. Yeah. But she said, I felt the responsibility of making sure that that relationship was over. Um, which you've got to respect on some level. Do you know what I mean? It pissed me off, yeah. but I'm, you've got to respect that at some level. And if, if this is what I want in a person, I can't then complain when they're powerful and responsible and confident. I can't then complain about that because that's what I wanted. So yeah. she went back. It didn't work out. Um, she split up again. We started dating again. She went back twice. So then I'm just like, okay, I can't do this. So then I met somebody else, misfit South Africa, might I add. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so we started dating, and that was fine. And then Lou, my, my now wife, she sends me a message, and she says, it's over, we're done. And I'm like, well, I'm in this relationship with this other woman. We just started dating, really, not a relationship, we started dating. So that was about 6 p.m., and then about two hours later, Misfit South Africa sends, uh, phones me and says, look, Dan, I'm really sorry about this, but I just don't think it's working. And I'm like, okay, thanks, bye. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, what? Uh, but, 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 okay, bye, bye. Yeah. Um, so that opened up. So I went back to them and said, well, you'll never guess what's literally just happened. And it's like the stars aligning, you know, this is meant to be. You know, imagine getting in your car and saying, I'm going to marry this woman. So, so, so we started dating again. So... I was then very wary of introducing the kids because I, I didn't want this to happen a third time. Yeah. And, and every time she would have to speak with her ex about the house, for example, and they had two dogs, not kids, but dogs, whether the similar kind of thing, you know, I was always nervous about that in case it happened again. And it never did happen again. She, she needed to check. She checked uh, twice and it just didn't, didn't work. Um, and because he was still cheating on her, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he hadn't changed despite what had happened in their relationship. So I would say it was about four months. Yeah, four months. Seems... Yeah. I, I, and this, this this guy was saying, you know, not less than not less than six months. And um, and I I think if you can, if you're going to be with someone, if, if you're serious about finding someone to be with, then four months. It gets to the point. I can't speak and I haven't done it yet, but it gets to the point where it becomes weird. They're actually trying to keep the two things apart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's weird because then you're like, oh, this is my friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, what do you mean friends? You know, so it's a bit weird really. But yeah, so I was just nervous about that. Uh, but she's a school teacher as well. And she loves kids and she's desperate, not desperate, but she's really wanted a child, you know, and, and, um, and one of the, criteria for us to continue dating was that it has to be serious. I mean, she's 40 now. This was, what, six, uh, what was it? it? must have been nine years ago or so. So she was 31, and then you've got the biological clock. She she wants at some point to have a child, and I'm like, I'm not having any more kids. Kids equaled pain for me because of family court and yeah. everything that I just to see them. So I was really kind of put off by that. But I knew it was a make or break kind of thing. And I just had to sort, I had to resolve my own issues surrounding kids. You know, at one point I'd made a decision that women are all evil. That was one of the decisions I made. And then I was like, I was, you know, I did a lot of personal development work. And I'm like, dude, how's that going to help you in 10 years? 
having that attitude. Oh, having yeah, and what are your kids? Is one of them a daughter? Is one of them a girl, your kids? I've got all girls. So all girls. So, yeah. So this, I said this to someone else the other day. They, they were asking me, am I anti-women? I was like, I've got a daughter. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Even if I was that way inclined, how am I going to respect and honour my daughter if, if I don't yep. um, absolutely love women? Like, it's crazy. So, but this is about recognising the path that you're about to go down because it's always a choice. Stuff happens to us and it doesn't matter what happens to us, it's how we react to it. So Viktor Frankl, uh, Victor Frankl, yeah, man's yeah. search man's, for meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not you know prison camp. It's not what happened to him. It's how he handles it internal. It's not the external stuff. It's the internal stuff. We make decisions about who we're going to be, how we want to behave, how we want to react, um, and we have to, we might have to use certain skills and strategies like pattern interrupts and that kind of thing to calm down and reply the next day instead of instantly you know move off text messaging with your ex and move to email or handwritten letters because it takes yeah. you a lot longer to and then you've calmed down a little bit you know whatsapp is too quick you know so i made a decision i didn't want to be that person it took some work and it's very easy to become that person um and i've seen men do it and it, it's kind of self-harming in a way uh, and it's not not a good thing but i so i had to work out this internal thing kids do not equal pain kids equal love and laughter and light and i've got a four-year-old daughter now with my wife um, and she epitomizes everything that I think kids now are love, laughter, light, joyfulness, playfulness, excitedness, giddiness, being silly, you know, all that stuff. Um, so I was lucky not to go down that path, I think. Yeah. And that boils down to responsibility, I believe. When, 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 you know, we talk about dads here, but you know, it can be anyone, you look at what you are giving off into the world mm-hmm. and, for some people, that's a bit woo-woo and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't believe in anything. I'm an atheist. I'm all science. Yeah. You're know, kind of like, well, okay, but clearly you know when you walk into a room, there's some people who you're drawn towards and there's some people who give you a, a shudder as you go past them. Yeah. And and I truly believe in terms of my kids that, that that energy that I get, that I buzz off from them has to have come from me. They're not going to be the kind of people that wake up in the morning and want to go, and play or run or when we go swimming they want to stay there two hours unless i've encouraged and created that space for them to be like that um so i think that that's that's an important message for dads particularly dads who perhaps don't feel like they've got enough money to treat their kids or 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 do the things that they see other parents doing kids kids love to laugh they want to feel loved let me tell you something else yeah, there's a guy called Dave Diggle, and he wrote some books uh, that involve metaphors for children, so that yeah. children can understand about breakups and that kind of thing. I was chatting; to, it's Australian chatting to him. It's like a bestseller on Amazon. You should get the books; are very good. Oh, look at um, Dave Diggle, yeah. Dave Diggle, yeah. And he was saying it's not the quantity of time; it's the quality of time, and it's not even the the amount of presents or gifts. They just want that. Dad, look at this! I've made a, a dinosaur out of toilet rolls. Wow, that's amazing! That's what they want. They want reassurance. They want to be told that they're proud of them. They, regardless of what happens, you are always going to be their dad. Nothing can change that. Yeah. Social services can come along and and try and prevent any access and contact because of what mum says. That's happened to me. It doesn't change the fact that those kids are still my children and I'm their dad. So if Isabel, who's the eldest, she's 14 now. She's gone through self-harming. She's gone through two suicide attempts because I've not been in her life and now I'm back in her life and suddenly 
everything's aligned again. Funny how that happens. So mum succeeded in getting me out of her life. And then, she, you know, for two years, she's gone down this very dark path, alcohol, drugs, and all of that kind of thing. And then now I'm kind of back in her life again. She's back on a straight and narrow. And it's like, you know, kids need dads. Or yeah. uh, certainly a father figure. Because this applies to stepdads too, by the way. Um, and grandparents too. Yeah, definitely. Kids need these structures in place, regardless of what happens. I'm not going to go into the suicide stuff and all that kind of thing. Uh, uh, but the middle one is 11 now. She won't speak to me, not, not even on the phone. And it's just parental alienation. And you know what? It's okay. I'm all right with that. I'm 47. We're going to live till 97 at least. You know, the average yeah. age is increasing. I'll deal with that when she's 16 or 18. I've got 40 more good years or bad years. I've got 40 more years to handle that. And fine, I'm not going to see it from 11 to 16 or whenever she wants to make contact. I'm okay with that internally. Because I know I'm in a long game. Like Dave said to me, in 10 years' time, who do you want to be? So let's extend that. In 20 years' time, when I'm 60, what sort of dad do I want to be to the 11-year-old who's then 25 with a child, maybe? Yeah. What sort of granddad do I want to be to them? So, like, obviously it's important and it is relevant, okay? But it's also irrelevant. She's in good health. I expect nothing will, bad will happen to them. And then we can fix people later on. We can fix it. Um, but, you know, like what, my situation was one of the worst situations I've ever heard. Child abduction, kids trying to kill themselves, uh, self-harming, all that kind of thing. And as a dad who can't be involved because mum's poisoned everybody around you, you have to sit on the sidelines and watch it. It's very, very difficult. But in, in that happening, there are lessons to be learned. There are always lessons to be learned about self. So like, and I'm not a Buddhist, uh, but if, if I was to be a Buddhist monk and be contemplative about what are the lessons that I can learn from this? Patience, love, um, uh, when you do see them, you don't, you're not dad telling them you do this or you do that. What would you like to do? How would you like to handle that? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. Well, if you handle it this way, this might happen. If you handle it this way, this might happen. You've got two choices. You can continue with the self-harm. Where do you think that will end up? Or you can stop that and go down this path, get back on your studies, and where do you think that? It's your decision. It's completely up to you. And so that's turning the child who's 13, 14 into, okay, I don't want to go down that path. I want to go down and get my results. And that's the path that she's chosen. And she's chosen that because I'm back involved and I'm not telling her as a dad, you must do this. Nothing to do with me. What would you like to do? And there are lessons that I learn, and it's really hard as a dad. But I had to learn it because I'm sat on the sidelines, and I can't affect what's happening to it. I just have patience and hope that you'll come through it, which you did, and then I can get back involved. And, and were you frantic for you know in the in the early period, whether it was six months or two years? Did you find yourself frantic and desperate, and I've got to fix yeah. this, and if I don't, is that? that I, yeah. That's, I know, that's the experience I went through and I know a lot of other dads do. And if you miss one contact, that's it. You're never going to see them again because that's what you're basically told in court. Yeah. You know, I, I flew back um, every two weeks for four years. That's 210,000 miles. So if the moon's out tonight, have a look at the moon. That's where I've flown to. That's right, literally yeah. the distance. And it's, I think it's 240,000 yeah. kilometers. So it's the closest thing. So I've flown to the moon for my kids. I can say that. Nobody's impressed by that. Uh, except for the uh, social workers don't care, but, you know, but 
um, yeah, I'd flown every two weeks and I was petrified if I missed, you know, I missed a flight once, so I was desperate to get another flight. And, and looking back now, I would be just like, oh, I missed a flight, just deal with it, you know. Yeah. Because and, and for any dads, sorry, Dane, say again. It's not the quantity, it's the quality of the time. Yeah. And for any dads facing the court process, what, what could you, because my experience actually when I went in, when I, when I got, unfortunately my ex and I, it was, it was challenging, but it wasn't horrific. And, and eventually I have, after two trips to court, got, got 50, 50. Okay. Um, wow. But what was, what was offered on, what was offered to start with was the classic two, two, one night and then two nights and then come back and stuff and like, like the, the, the bare minimum type thing. And that's why, what, what I fought against. Um, but as I speak to a lot of other dads now that, who, who are looking at the court process, this they are feeling like I did was, oh my gosh, they're all against dad. It's going to be a nightmare. I'm really anxious. It's going to cost too much money. Mm-hmm. Is, is, can you reassure anybody about that at all from your experiences? No, I can't. I'd love to yeah. say everything will be great, Yeah, but I can't. It cost me £85,000 over eight years, 10 grand a year. Yeah. And then 36 times in court, 34 of which was mum trying to stop me seeing the children. Two were me because the kids had disappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw my doctor about depression and they referred me to a NHS depression thing about bipolar. And it turned out I wasn't depressed. I was just living with an asshole, you know? Yes, I heard that on the podcast the other day. It was hilarious. Before you, before you, before you think you're depressed, check you're not spending too much time with an asshole. <laughs> Absolutely was it. So I self-diagnosed as potentially bipolar and I went yeah. through that. So then they ask for all your medical records and you're like, yeah. And then guess what happens? When you go to your GP, it's brought out and it's used in court against you. Yeah. So I want to tell guys, no, go to your doctor if you're feeling depressed. I can't say that. I would suggest not seeing your doctor. I would yeah. suggest you pay for private something that's off the record and you tell nobody that that's what you're doing. I'd love yeah. to not say that, but my experience is not that. Well, yeah, you've had, an ex- you've had an experience that's been like the flipping razor edge of it. Where it's, where, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. thankfully for me, even as tough as it was, it wasn't, wasn't quite that bad. So I guess, uh, but the one thing that you've said, which is consistent with me, was one of my mates, and I've got this, this structure I, I encourage dads to, to follow. It's called the, the Fantastic Four. Again, another, yeah. another comic book reference, but get four dads around. Four, it doesn't have to be dads, actually. And actually, if, it, if one can be a woman, that's great because you get some balance. But yeah. four people you can count on to, and you can call them and, and you can dump on them, but, you, but they know that they're there, that that's what you've, they've kind of signed up for in, in a way. Um, and then the fact that you've got four of them means that not uh, one of them is always getting it. Well, I think you've frozen, Dan. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just saying that the, um, the fantastic four, it means you can, dump. you can dump on them, but because there's four of them, you're not always dumping on the same one. Yeah. And, um, I, one of my friends, uh, Colin, he's a uh, single dad. And he said to me multiple times, Johnny, it feels like, it feels like what every single thing that happens now matters, but trust me, there's a longer game foot here. And yeah. one way or another, it's a, you know the more consistent you can be, and he was telling me from his point of view of, of the same thing: the court and the fight. And now at fourteen and sixteen, his girls have basically said, "Daddy, can we come and live with with you?" And that's yeah. he, he doesn't say that as a triumph. He just says it as an example of I kept being myself. I kept giving them a good time when they were with me. I kept playing it straight back. 
It's not about spoiling them. It's not about um, beating on their on 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 the parental alienation against the mum. He said, and just one way or another, that's that's where that my my girls got to. And yep. in the fire, it was really like, how could I possibly think that way? But like you said, we've got another 50, 60 years left on the planet um, to, to to foster that 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 relationship and that love. So I'm in front of uh, two solicitors and a barrister and the judge, and then his little old me, and I'm like, and be- bear in mind, this is legal aid, you know, this is all paid for by the taxpayer, and so I was up against legal aid, and in the end, we had to go for the other side being a vexatious litigant, where they just take me to court for nothing, so just to pull me out from Spain, cost me a lot of money uh, in hotels and staying over and all that kind of thing, and so the judge finally gave a vexatious litigation for two years. The day after it expired, I'm back in court. And we're doing like, I can't believe. Sorry, go on. You're back well, that's that's, and, that, and that's, I don't know your ex. I don't know if she's a legal genius or somewhere in amongst all this. But to me, that sounds like there's a legal firm who's saying, well, now what you want to do is this. Now, now that, where does that have any legal right in a in a civilized country yeah money yeah but but and 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 that just says it's broken it's broken yeah it is broken but then i've got a friend of mine she's a client friend and she's going through completely the opposite to what i've gone through because she's female and he's got a very very expensive barrister you know like thousands a day and and they win yeah and it's like And that's not right either. A lot of conversations I get into, it's like, you know what? This isn't about male or female. This is about two parents and the right for them to both parent their child. And that's where the, that's where the legal system has to change. I, I, I I wish, I pray, I don't know what, what, what version of that it is, but you think in a a decent society, we can get this booming Brexit nonsense out out the way. We can get back on with some proper, proper legal stuff and, 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 and change the law around, around separation and, and, and child court and contact because it's, it costs millions. I, I read uh, upwards of a hundred million pounds in the UK for this machine. By the time you factor in doctors and social services and legal aid and barristers and the whole machine just to function and serve this process. It's crazy. It costs more than that because it costs lives. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Kids committing suicide, dads committing suicide, anyone, anybody taking their life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, let's change gears on that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, business wise, you're pretty successful by, you know, by, by all accounts. I understand you've got, got quite a successful property you know, personally, you're involved in property. You've got courses and and, and, and communities you're involved in around property. Then yeah. you've got your digital marketing stuff. What's what's a bit of the background of your of your business journey? And 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 you know, that, let's 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 look into that as an inspiration for dads listening. So uh, when I was 26, I always knew I wanted to get into property, um, and I've been researching it for about five years. And it took five years to buy my first one. And what are you um, at this time? Just a skin bus driver or you or you or you own your own business or what are you doing at 26 um i'm working in a business on the phone earning 15,000 pounds a year and i went from 15 to 100 grand in 4 years right. so anyone can do it. this basically anyone can do this but you you have to be a bit of a job whore yeah. so you've got to go to a job and you get the job and you work there for 3 months and 
mum's standing at your CV and they say, what are you doing? And then you get a better job. And then they go, what, what, you know, you do that for another three months and you send out your CVs and then, and then you just do job after job after job. So, um, to get from 15 to 100, I think it's five jobs, uh, in that period of time. And I ended up working at Dell on a hundred grand a year under 30 and everybody else was like my age now, you know, 47 now. So it was very stressful, but it was a hundred grand a year. So I took it. Uh, I've got five GCSEs, no, de- not degree educated at all. Some people watching us going, yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, I had that work ethic and I, I had the reason why, which was I hate my boss. I still hate my boss and that's, I'm my own boss now. But anyway, so that was my why. I just wanted to be able to wake up. When the sun woke me up, not an alarm clock. That was that was for me one of the big things, one of the big keys. And so I knew that if I could earn more money, I could put that into something that would generate cash. And I ran the numbers a million times before I could buy my first one because I'm like, why are more people not doing this? It didn't compute. Why? It was obvious to do it, you know. And it still is today, by the way. It still is today because my idea was, well, if I can buy ten properties and I make 150 pounds a month every month. There's 1,500 quid. Well, I only earn 1,500 quid at my current job, so I would never need to work again. It was obvious. Yeah. And I'd tell everybody, and everybody would laugh at me, you know, ha, 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 ha. Um, Oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, no, you shouldn't. And it's like, you know, you should do that. We should all be investing in assets that pay income into our bank account. And today, my assets work harder than I do. I work maybe 15, 20 hours a week across, um, what, three businesses, really, my property portfolio, my digital marketing agency, and a a new business, which is why I'm in Southampton tonight, which is um, either buying the whole business or buying or getting given a 25% of somebody else's business for free, and then we help turn it around, and then we sell it back to them. Yeah. I mean, I work 15 or 20 hours doing those three things, and we do it because we've got teams in place. We have systems in place. And again, I wouldn't be doing any of this if all that bad stuff hadn't have happened. And so this is how it ties in. I have to be grateful for all that bad stuff. I have to be grateful for all the awful stuff in court because unless I decided who I was going to be, who I wanted to be internally, do I want to be a nice guy or do I want to be a nasty guy? I want to be a nice guy. Well, what does that look like? Well, how about we help tenants? And we help them move in, and actually, we're really nice as landlords. Let's try that. Oh, that's nice. And then digital marketing, what's the biggest problem that people have? Getting clients and just being visible. What if we could help them? Yeah, let's do that. That's nice. Remember, the next one is businesses that are struggling or the owner wants to get out of. Wouldn't it be nice to take over their business or buy it in some way so that they can then move on? And so the, the, in the middle of all those three things, I see myself as if you take a stone and you stood on a shoreline of a pond, and you throw the stone into the pond, the ripples, I'm the stone, the ripples are the people I have direct contact with, but the ripples don't just stop after a few feet, they go on forever, and eventually they peter out. Yeah. But So last night, I met the business owner, and I met his son, his son's 11, and I said to the business owner today, because that's what we've been working on it, I said, I'm not thinking about you when I'm helping your business, I'm thinking about your boy. And I can see him kind of tearing up a little bit. I said, so the way that this affects 
the experiences that I've had with my kids is that if I'd not have gone through what I've gone through with my kids and as painful as that was, but the decisions that I then made about the type of person that I wanted to be, I wouldn't be now helping these people in the way that I am. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for the experiences that I've had as painful as they were because they've made me the, the man that I am today. And if you've not decided as a person who you want to be, that should be your first step. And then you take the actions that will allow you to do that. Well, beautifully teed up there. That is the both the first section of the Rebuild program, which is Reconnect, and then the second section of the Rebuild program, which is Building Blocks. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that, Dan. <coughs> but the important thing I, I, I hear out of that is, is really being conscious of of your values and and how the experience has left you ready to take you know to, to to push push ahead yeah massively so so i was just talking to the wife a few few weeks ago and we were talking about the lost decade and i mean the lost decade from a financial point of view yeah. you know think about this I, I, in the last 10 years i met this beautiful woman this beautiful person we got married way out of my league by the way <laughs> Don't tell her I say that. No. Uh, way out my league. We got married. We moved to Spain. We've got a four-year-old. We live next to the beach on the med. She's a teacher. She loves a job. Wouldn't give it up regardless of how much money we make. I'm doing what I love. We've got good sets of friends. I work out. I do. I work whenever I want. I work not a huge amount of hours. And yet I had to go through all this negativity in order to get there. And it is worth it. But it's only worth it if you decide who you want to be and you, you make that your reality. But it all comes from you making that decision not to be that old you, but to be, who do I want to be? Who will my kids be proud of when they're in their 30s and go, you know, my dad, he flew, he flew you know, twice every month there and back. How did he even do that? Like, yeah. he was just me going on holidays, hard work. You know, how did he do it every yeah, yeah. four flights every week? And they will get to the stage where they're going, that's amazing. I didn't realize, you know. Yeah. So, and for someone who's a bit skint in this moment in time and they're not really enjoying their job, you know, quite often we, we, we find ourselves in this and we're looking at myself included, you're talking to other dads, the internet is full of it. You could go and be a share trader, you could go and be a property developer, you could set up a digital marketing business. You've, you've done two of those things. Yeah. Um, what 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 would you say to, to to a dad who's really reflecting on they don't want to work because they need more time with their kids they don't want to commute because they got a now pet co-parent what would you say to a dad who's almost panicking about how they yep. can create the, the the job and the income they need that's a great question so if you're self-employed you've got more flexibility if you're running the business right. Most people don't run the business right. So a self-employed person says, well, I can work anytime I want. And I'm like, yeah, all the bloody time. Yeah. And so if you get it right, you can go to your kids' sports days and you can pick them up and look after them for the day if they're ill. But you can only do that if you build a team around being self-employed. And most, I'd say, what, 80% of self-employed people are sole entrepreneurs. So with my digital marketing company, if I sell you a package, which is a 500 quid or a thousand pounds. Let's say I sell you a thousand pound a month package just to do your content. I'm not sat creating content. I've got a team that's designed to deliver what I sell. 
Yeah. So, and, and this business is only 12 months old, by the way, like officially 12 months old anyway. So we're growing that business quickly. We're taking on new clients, but it's not me that's doing the work, which is why I'm only working 15, 20 hours. I have a team that does it and it's the methodology in which you create your business. Most people create themselves a job and that's it. What you want to do is create yourself a team that you can retire out of, if you like. In my property business, we run it the same. So I run my property business, which is a substantial amount of properties in Leeds from Spain using a substantial means 60. Yeah. <laughs> because people are like, what does that mean? <laughs> so it's 60. So I run that using a cleaner and two handymen. The cleaner, she does viewings for me. It's just someone's little old gram, you know? She's just someone's granny. Yeah. I tell the tenants, when you're going to do a viewing, I'm not there, I'm away. My cleaner's going to do it. Uh, she's called Debbie. She's really nice. She's someone's little old gran. Be nice to her. And she closes more business than an yeah. estate. <laughs> she's super grand. <laughs> she's so um, underwhelming when she turns. She's just really lovely and nice, and she's not a salesy person, and she's just homely. She's someone's grand. She's my grand. She's your grand. She's everyone's grand. You know what I mean? She's lovely. So um, it really disarms people, and they haven't got their barriers up. So she closes business. Um, she, uh, I email the tenancy agreements to her. She prints them out, gets them to sign them. Everything's done from afar. Uh, if there's a problem, I send the handyman in. If it's a bigger problem, we send the boilerman in, depending what it is. And we just run it. You know, I'm not out fixing boilers and painting a windowsill. And I've got a team. And this is where most small business owners fail is because they don't have a team. Because, well, nobody can do, paint that wall as well as I can. Nobody can fix a boiler as well. It's, it's ridiculous. Of course they can. Thousands of people can do it. You just choose not to. Yeah. So this is the problem that most small businesses have. And so we've just systemized it. Like I systemized going out on a date, we systemized fixing boilers and, you know, taking on new clients and creating, I don't know, 228 videos a month or whatever it is that we create. We create a lot of videos and a lot of images, you know, and we've got a lot of clients. And with that, business is growing. So if you're a dad and you're looking for more money, um, first of all, being self-employed will give you some flexibility as long as you systemize it with a team. The second thing it will do is it will help you on your tax. So you're going to pay less tax potentially because you can offset more stuff, right? Yeah. There's another issue there, which is to do with how they calculate um, child support agency money and that kind of thing. And I know what that's like. They, they just basically, it's all right for dads to go live in the bed seat as long as mum mum's lifestyle isn't impacted at all, which is crazy. I just Surely it would be better to keep dad alive than him kill himself in a bed sick. You know? Yeah. But society doesn't seem to think that right now, otherwise the law would change. So it helps on that. It just gives you that little bit more control. But you have to do it properly, and most people don't run a business properly. And I'm not saying that everything that we do is perfect, because it, of course it's not. You know, we come across problems all the time. We're like, shit, I didn't know... I think it didn't even occur to me that that would be a problem. You know, it's, that's life, you know. So you you have to run it properly, and you run it properly by understanding uh, there's four parts to a business. There's attraction, which is basically, you know, marketing, uh, however you want to do that. There's conversion, which is how are you going to sell that person, whatever it is that you're selling. There's delivery. How does the product get delivered? And then there's accountability. We call it ACDC. 
Accountability yeah. is a silent A because it should be accountability, but it's the ACDC thing. That's how we push it. So it's like on the, the attraction, that's me going live on Facebook. You're yeah. doing this right now and you're attracting people in. What's your conversion mechanism? That's the next bit. How are you then going to deliver it? So one of my products is a property sourcing training uh, business. It's £97 a month and we have people pay £97 a month. They might stay a year or three years or whatever. It's up to them. Uh, but they see me on Facebook going live talking about property. So that's the attraction. Yeah. And they go, how can I get involved? And I go, go to this link and they look at the website. That's the conversion mechanism and they can click buy. Well, what's the delivery? Well, the delivery is my 89 videos showing you how to buy properties below market value. So I record the videos once and I never have to record them ever again because that job is now done. So in that business, all I have to do is I have to run the, the marketing aspect, which is the attraction. The website does the conversion and the website does the delivery. So all I have to do is go live every day. Yeah. It attracts more people in. That's it. And I th something I've taken from what you've said, which, which is to, to correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not the kind of person that gets stopped by worrying about it. If it's going to, if it's going to be right first time. No, completely. And, and, and lots of people are, I, you know, I, I suffer from that a little bit myself to be fair. Yeah. So, uh, so this might offend you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm ready. <laughs> so, um, no, no, that's no good to me. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. What does that even mean? Like, how perfect? 100% perfect? Are you 100% perfect? Are any of us 100% perfect? We're all flawed. Everything we do is flawed. My car is flawed in some way. It's got dents all over it. You know, it's yeah. like, there's no such thing as perfection. It's this, it's this unicorn that we think is the epitome of, there's no perfect, perfect relationship. What does that even look like? Yeah. Brad Pitt and Jennifer, what she's called from Friends? Well, what oh, happened to Ben? Jennifer. What about <laughs> Britney Spears and that dude that they broke up when they were young? Whatever Bieber. Called. Not Justin Bieber. What's he called? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, blimey. Yeah, I, I could picture it, but I can't remember it. Let's ask Google. Soundtrack. Uh, by the way, for those people listening to this, if you're shouting out the answer right now, you, you need to, like, you know... Oh, yeah, like, yeah, totally, yeah. So, you know, that would, that should be a perfect relationship, but it's not. Um, Brad Pitt and who's the one who's who was in Tomb Raider, the woman in Tomb Raider? Oh, yeah, Joanna jo jo Jolie. Yeah, that, that was failed. There's no such thing as perfection. So, look, I would rather you get this stuff out and it'd be wrong and someone go you got that wrong great thanks i'll fix it you want to go get told that once that's fine and um, i'd rather you do that than not do anything at all yeah and then i've got another idea for you which you, you probably heard as well i would rather qualify people out i would rather people hate me right now than me get them on a phone call to qualify them and then they decide that they hate me yeah because totally. that's my time like some people are going to hate me, some people are going to love me. So let's let the haters hate. That's fine. They've qualified themselves out. They'll never do business with me. That's perfect. Now I've got all these other people. Let's say it's fifty-fifty, or even seventy-thirty, or even eighty-twenty. Eighty percent of people hate you. Doesn't matter. Look at Donald Trump for goodness' sake. Yeah. Fifty uh, percent of the population. Grant Cardone said this. He said, "You know, if I can make fifty percent love me, fifty percent hate me. Heck, I could be president one day." Yeah.
And that's what, that's what Donald Trump did. So you better putting out your content. Let people hate you. Great, you've qualified themselves out. They'll never do business with you. But those that do like you are reinforced because you're authentic, you're original. There's only one you. And, you know, people go, I've got a podcast, and it was uh, rated number one on iTunes. And people are, oh, I couldn't do a podcast because of how I sound. I sound like this, for God's sake. <laughs> Northern twang. I've got this list thing going on. I can't say my three and three is both the same word, F-R-E-E and T-H-R-E-E. I can't say that properly. Yeah. I dated a girl called Ruth. What, like on a... Like on a <laughs> no, I, I can't say it. I, I've had a number one podcast with them today. So mm. what do you mean? There's every excuse under the sun. All of them are irrelevant. Just get your stuff and get it out there. People going to hate you? That's fine. Uh, people are going to write bad stuff about you and they don't know who you are? Awesome. Write as much as you want. I don't care. Yeah. And that's that, that's the, for, for dads, any person, to be fair, dads, teenagers, mums, but for dads that we're talking to, never been a better time on on this planet to, to, to tap into what you love doing, what you're knowledgeable in, what you're passionate about, what you see someone else doing. And go out there and find out what they did to get where they are and just start copying it, emulating it, uh, create, you know, a version of your own that is based on they did that and it worked for them. Chances yeah. are it's going to work for me. There's a line in Star Trek and it's in The Next Generation and it's called Encounter at Farpoint. It's the very first episode of The Next Generation. And there's a line in it where Captain Picard, he says, if they're going to damn us, let them damn us for who we truly are. And that's where you just step up and be the person that you truly are. If you've gone through family court, you feel like everybody hates you anyway. So let them hate me for who I truly am. Yeah. A powerful, confident individual who kicks ass to get what I want and keeps on kicking ass until I get what I want. And through doing that can empower other people to get what they want. If you're going to damn me for that, good luck. Wow, yeah. And every dad should have that statement up their sleeve ready to you know ready to say to themselves in the mirror or in the you know when they're brushing their teeth whatever the, or they're having a crap day that that kind of empowering statement about themselves to really remind them who who they are at heart and who they who they're going to be in the world yeah. um, is is so important I, I, I sounds like whether that was practiced or straight from the heart or, or something that was really obvious to you because you're so clear on your values um that was so easy for you to say because that's who you know yourself to be. And I didn't always feel like that, but it starts with a piece of paper and a decision and probably two columns. Who do I not want to be? Angry, spiteful, misogynist, hateful, regretful. Who do I want to be? Powerful, confident, funny, playful, lovable, egotistical sometimes i think ego's a great thing too much of anything is bad obviously but ego's still good and it starts with that list and you've got to get the piece of paper and do the list i've done a lot of personal development work uh, i've done tony robbins a friend of mine chris howard in america uh, he did my nlp yeah uh, and we did you know me and my wife did a training course called um design your destiny which was very very powerful and to do that with a partner as well even more powerful I've, I've walked on burning hot coals. I've broken arrows with my throat, you know. Yeah. We've done all of that. Um, and me and my wife, you know those, bar, those long bars? Yeah, yeah, the, bar, the bar bend, yeah. Yeah, we've done the bar bend. Me and my wife did that together. Awesome. And it was a 
when we look back, it's a demonstration of how powerful we are as a unit moving forward. Yeah, yeah. How we want to share our values with our daughter. That's incredibly powerful. And it starts with a piece of paper, one step after another. We all feel like crap sometimes. I wake up today and felt like crap, or yesterday, or the day before. And it's, it's, it's impossible not for anybody. Tony Robbins wakes up and feels like crap some days. It's exactly, natural. Yeah. Totally fine. There's no such thing as perfection, but there is such a thing as being consciously aware of who you want to be and working towards it. Do you get there immediately? Of course you do. Is it a ten-year journey? Longer. It's a lifetime journey. And I was, you know, I'm 98. I'm on my deathbed. Uh, my new wife, Miss Romania, who's 24, is stood next to me. Um, <laughs> and and you know, I'm looking around, and I'm I'm like, okay, what am I going to do next? You no, know, that's just the nature of who we are, um, I think. But for me, it's about starting with a simple decision: who do I want to be, and then doing your damn best. You're going to make mistakes along the way, and it's okay to make mistakes. We're all human. Yeah, so powerful. And the PS to that is that's who your children by virtue of watching you in action, that's who they aspire to be. So it's, it's a very powerful legacy to pass on simply by your actions. So, you know, when I do the podcasts, yeah, uh, usually I'll pick a person that I've had a conversation with and I'm um, t- t- talking to them through the podcast. But in the back of my mind, I know that when my kids are older, if I die, the legacy is those podcasts. So these are all the things that I want my kids to know. Yeah, yeah. And, and share your podcast so people can go and find it if they want. Yeah, so it's on the website. It's at daniellatto.co.uk. If you type Daniel Latto into iTunes, it'll come up with my podcast. We're up to like 370-something uh, podcasts, which is tough going, by the way, I've got to tell you. Um, well, I, I run the London podcasting community. That's how I met Andy. And uh, the, the, the pretty much the number one measure of success for a podcast like what's it take to have a successful podcast is keep bloody going yeah <laughs> because do you, know why you... Andy, do you know why andy has a podcast go on tell me it's because somebody had to go at him for not having a podcast and told him you need a bloody podcast and i am that somebody right okay yeah got it no so i was like if you're a butcher you should have a podcast and he's like a butcher yeah uh, i've got this leg of lamb it, this, is, this is the wine that you should have with this leg of lamb. You put it in gas mark five. Yeah. Four hours, I don't know how you put lamb. <laughs> We're going to call it Prime Cuts and drop in some um, some hip-hop beats to that podcast as well, I think. <laughs> that would be like totally unusual. I was like, people do podcasts, you know, on anything. Can you find a, a podcast on knitting, for goodness sake? Yeah, yeah, there's a podcast on knitting. So it must work. So well, the more I mean, niche, the better. To, to to be fair, and 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 that for me is, there's a lot of dad communities out there and stuff, and and um, and there's someone said to me, well, isn't there a danger if you talk about dads rebuilding, you know, after divorce, separation, loss? Isn't it a danger you're just going to get stuck in the misery of that? And uh, and it was a valid point that she, that she said, but I'm really clear that there comes a point because this, this has been my journey where after the drama, there's like a ground zero. We go, all oh, right, okay, now what? And, and, and that's 
what my game is. That's, that's what it is for me and myself and my life and my children's life. And it is the game for, for the team super dad community. It's that, it's that moment where the dad consciously says to them, now what? And that's how it came for me. I was up, up a mountain. How am I going to fix this? And as I kept asking that question, I was like, okay, all my life experiences, a bit like the foot on the fire walking, the personal development, the divorce, the deaths, the mum when I was a, losing my mum when I was a kid, all of it, you suddenly go, what if I was given all of this mm-hmm. as an experience to then, to then give back to others? And that's, that's, that's where Let Team has come back. As ridiculous as this question sounds, the question is, um, what is the gift? What is this gift that I've been given? Yeah. Tony Robbins says, what if your worst day was your best day? Yeah. And then, and people go, what, what? How can my worst day be my best day? Well, my worst day was my kids being abducted by a long stretch. I've had yeah. others that are quite close to it, but that was the one. And when I look back at that now, that was my best day because I would still be in that path of, you know, beating myself up and all that kind of thing. Instead, that was the trigger for me to go, I'm not putting up with this. Let's be the man that I've always known I am. And so that was how I turned my worst day into my best day. And every day since then, I've been grateful for that. Because now the life that we lead, you know, it's not perfect, but we're definitely heading in that direction. That's the, um, that's the direction that we're going in. We never get to perfect, as we said, but, you know, that's my learning. That's my gift. And I've yeah. been fortunate to receive that gift. And not many other people have got that gift. And I'm not yeah. saying you should go out and find that. <laughs> no, but, but it's so because we, I mean, you can, it, it can change. But I think that's such a, that's such a, in the, Sorry, I'm, I'm quite moved by that, to be honest, uh, because I've had th- those dark days, you know, you, you've been through them. I, I've been through them. I, I, I can pick them and that, that, that precipice type flipping, looking over the edge of, yeah. of uh, you know, and if you can say to yourself, actually, what if today was the start of everything? What if this awful day was, was the best day? And that's, that's, it's not, a what if. it's not even a what if it is. Yeah. And change the, change the language around it. Okay. I'm going to make this worst day my best day. These are the days that I'm going to make the decision never to feel like this again. I'm going to step forward in a powerful way. I'm going to do the things that I said I was going to do last week. I'm going to get them done. And I'm going to have even more powerful things the week after. And boy, in one year's time, when they see me, they'll be like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah. Check everybody That's the gift. That is awesome. And that's when I say we're going to create the best life ever. I've been challenged on loads of this stuff about Team Superdad. And I was like, well, no, actually, create your best life ever is about tomorrow being better than today and next week being better than this week. And that's, that's how you create your best life ever. So, so thank you for that as well. That's a, that's a massive... Uh, I, would uh, I would question why you're even listening to somebody else's opinion. <laughs> I, 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 I don't believe I am, but, it, but you know, pe- people around me, you know, ask. And so, so I'm like, no, and actually it's about this. And I, and I feel confident that I've got answers and I've, and, and I'm ready to, ready to, to, to feel actually, um, invigorated by such questions because, um, it's, it's, it, it's, I think I'm up to stuff that on the one hand is, is exciting for, for, on the other hand, it's, it's, it's challenging. People, people are, people naturally worry, you know, like is, is, is Johnny doing something crazy again? Um, but I have to be, I have to be resolute in that. But let's say you were doing something crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Like like what? Something crazy to me is working until you're 65 and you get a gold carriage clock and you die at 67. That's what used to happen. That's crazy. Like, like, in my life, like I'm in Southampton tonight, it's raining. Why, 
why do we live in rain? We've, we've got Spain now. That's crazy. Why would you do that? Why would anybody live in the UK when there's the Spain and the Spanish lifestyle and going swimming in the sea on Saturday morning? But I did it for 40 odd years. Yeah. Crazy is different things to different people. I think working, you know, nine to five for a boss you hate, I think that's crazy. Um, and for most people, that's the norm and that's okay. And so I did a podcast, by the way, called um, You're Crazy is My Normal. Okay. What, was it, it was an episode, was it? Yeah. Okay, I'll search it. I'll put it in the show notes, yeah. Yeah, as an example, you know, working 15 to 20 hours a week, uh, someone said to me, um, you know, how many hours do you want to work? And they said, oh, about 20. And I, oh, gosh, I don't think I could work that many. And they, they thought it was very funny, you know, because yeah. it was like, it's supposed to be 40. But um, my that's my normal working week. And was there's it, Netflix in there, and there's yeah, yeah. was it your was it your crazy? Uh, where are you on the crazy scale? Was that was that was that the episode? Could be. That's what that's Couldn't what Google was throwing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you on the crazy scale? Uh, crazy is great. Crazy is where all the fun is. You know, like all the all the good girls go to heaven. I don't want to go there then. Yeah. I want to go where all the bad girls are. That's where I want to go. Where are all the fun people? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, you know. The problem is the norm, and in society, if you were to take a, a bell curve about what people's attitudes are, and everybody had the same attitude right in the middle of that bell curve, how dull is that going to be in life? Yeah. I would rather be at one extreme or the other, and I think I kind of do that. Yeah, no, and when I speak to you know people in these interviews, you look at successful successful people, and you know they're actually percentage wise, they're a they're a small percentage of society, um, and they do they both challenge themselves, they challenge norms, um, and and reassuringly the, the the things they do are quite consistent across across uh, across those successful people, and it's that, that expression um, to to do was it you got to do what other people won't to have what other people want. Exactly. And if you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, as, you know, like marrying the same person, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> going back to the top of this conversation, I think that's my, my dating conundrum is, is, uh, is, is a fear of, of, of picking the wrong person again. But I, I'm, 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 on, I'm on the case there. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I have a, a bit of a plan. Actually, I'm just going to take a leaf out of your book and turn it into a proper plan. I would also add something onto that, and it's we call this a values elicitation, and I think it's something good to end with, really. Yeah. So values elicitation talks about, so let's do it with you. In the context of your next relationship, Johnny, what are the three things that are really important to you in, in, as values? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's got to be fit, as yep. in like fitness is something that, that's, that's part of her life, cornerstone. Right. Um, she's got to be uh, have a positive mind and spirit. Okay. And she's got to be tactile. She's got to be a very touchy person. I don't just mean sexually. You know, she's, um, I'm a kind of person that, that, that thrives off holding hands, kissing yep. someone in the morning. Um, and I've been in relationships with people that weren't like that. And it, and it, it just eats away at me. So, so I can say that really clearly, those three things, fitness, positive spirit and tactile. So you basically need to date yoga uh, teachers or yeah. Physios, um, they're very tactile and kinesthetic, as we, we would say. Um, and so it's like, where do those people hang out? Yoga, physio training courses, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where people hang out. 
and you need to join yoga groups and physio groups yeah. and anything else that's to do with tactile, um, like Zumba teachers or yeah, okay. anything like that. that. That's like fish where the fish are. Sounds yeah. awful when that, but it's true, right? No, but what, what, why go? I, I got I got roasted by by a couple of people on Facebook because I posted my kind of vision board thing, and one of them's got oh. a section there, girlfriend and wife, and um and it and it's got a list of a list of these things, and uh, and it, and it really pressed the buttons of a couple of women, um and I, and I was like, listen, the fact that it pressed your buttons probably means that you're not the one, and that's okay because someone out there is is the one for you, but yes, but you're not going to be for me. And somebody reading that could be the one. Yeah, yeah. And so why listen to everybody else? There's another saying, um, I wouldn't come to you for advice, so why would I listen to your opinion? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> something else as well, like I'm internal with an external check. For some people who are internal only, and we know those very, very selfish, and there are, there are people who are external with an internal check, and when they're external, it's always about what other people think. They'll, they'll always wear makeup and they'll never leave the house without makeup and so on. And then it's just external and they're, they, you know, they have to be wearing, um, yeah, I don't know, like beautiful gowns all the time or fully made up. And yeah, have yeah. It's always about what other people think, not what they think. And so you, sh- you should work out where you are on that scale. So I'm internal with an external check. I'm a bit crazy, um, but I check every so often. Uh, but then I usually don't pay attention to what the external says anyway, just do what I want. So yeah, maybe I'm yeah. more internal. So go find somebody who's internal with an external check. That for me is the ultimate. Um, you know, head screwed on properly, but they also respect other people's opinions. That's probably more so than I do, right? But you've got a good line of values there that's written down. And now we've got those, and they're just three values. If we went down to 10, you could tighten up on where you would find the ideal person for you. Yeah. And it's not even about looks. Because, like, if if you married, let's take someone, let's take Beyonce. Let's say you adored Beyonce. In 15 years' time, it's not Beyonce's looks that deteriorate in any way, just as it's not my looks that deteriorate with my wife. It's just my wife's used to me. So you can't remember if I'm good-looking or not. Yeah. If, I, if I'm married to Beyonce, I, I can't remember in 15 years. Is she good-looking? Well, anybody else fancy her. She must be good-looking. Yeah, 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 she is. You're like convincing yourself. The, the looks thing is irrelevant. Anyway, it's about who do you want to be with? Who do you laugh with? Who do you want to spend time with? Who can you be crazy with? Who can you pull funny faces and say silly things and whatever? That's what a relationship is. And the look side is irrelevant. So you need to hang out with, you know, uh, people that have exactly like you've said in those values. It yeah. could also be runners, triathlon people, people who do the Spartan race, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so now you need to hang out with those people. Make it so in a yeah. Star Trek uh, reference. <laughs> <laughs> I am also a big Next Generation uh, fan, so that, so you, we're on the same page there. <laughs> well, yeah. Daniel, this has been awesome. Um, all of your businesses, they, they can be found at daniellatto.co.uk, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the new business for us is where we help business owners retire or we help them sell their business. And we've got lots of different solutions for that. Um, so that'll be up and running in the next couple of days on the website. But all the property stuff, that's up there. All the digital content, that's up there. All the podcasts, that's up there. 
but you can just go find me on, you know, Google or whatever, and you you can come and join me on my Facebook page and make contact and give me abuse or tell me you love me or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, the abuse I don't listen to, and it gives me <laughs> energy to feed off and create more crazy things because I enjoy that. So, yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm not a difficult person to make contact yeah. with. I'm very open and friendly and, and communicative. And we get people who, you know, come to me and they say, I've got this problem and I've never spoken to them before. And we get all sorts of problems. I mean, literally all sorts of problems. Yeah. And we'll help them. You know, I don't care. It's like, you ask for my advice, you'll get my advice. You might not like it, but I'll tell you, you know. There's a Yorkshireman in you there. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, I, I've, I've been introduced to you in, in, in the last six months. I've been on a bunch of your live streams, um, you know, enjoyed your content and listened to your podcasts and, and I'd have said all those things. So you, you've, you've nicked my acknowledgement, uh, uh, from me, but, but I just want to, I do want to acknowledge you for, for being such an open and generous person. Um, and it's evident that the, the, the love you give out to people is coming back to you in, 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 in abundance. So, um, I really respect um, your knowledge and experiences that you've shared with us this evening. I know that they're going to be a tremendous value to other people. And, um, and if we all can go through life and doing that for others, then the world will be a distinctly better place. So thank you, Daniel. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good stuff. I shall press stop on this. Thanks, everybody. Uh, see you in the wrap-up. Wow, that was an awesome interview with Daniel Latto. Thanks, everybody, for listening in, especially those of you who are here to the end, the fabulous 20% crew. If you have enjoyed this podcast, this interview, then please remember to like and share and rate us in iTunes. I can't wait to give uh, to read out the iTunes review of the week. And if you are interested at all in creating some of these results that Dan spoke about in the interview in your life, then be sure to come over and uh, look at the Rebuild Program. Talk to me about the Rebuild Program. It's the foundational course inside of Team Superdad. It's a five-week group program. And the uh, beta launch of that is happening right now. So I would really love to welcome you onto that. And let's look at you know creating the life of your dreams, uh, reconnect with your vision and goals, uh, your values, and then really put that into play and achieve exactly what you want for your life uh, and your children and your future relationships. And yes, I will be working on my uh, on my dating subjects. If you haven't been to the website, you want to know the address, then it's teamsuperdad.com. And of course, Team Superdad HQ on Twitter and Instagram and search us up Team Superdad on Facebook. I can't wait to see and meet you all as this program and community grows. Thanks again for listening. Johnny Jensen. This is Johnny Jensen and we are Team Superdad out. Bye. This has been Team Superdad. Find us at TeamSuperdad.com. Join the Rebuild program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.